It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Thor. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, I have a question for you. How was your Dusty sleep last night? Maybe this morning, did you have a healthy Dusty breakfast, or did you get a good Dusty workout today? (laughs) Uh, Well, my Dusty workout was actually really awesome. I did really well. But um, no, the Dusty sleep wasn't very good. It was tossing and turning and waking up at 5 o'clock. Like, why am I awake? Go back to sleep. (laughs) I gotcha, man. Every every single night, my Sky sleep, I I wake up at like between 1 and 2 to go to the restroom. I think it's my old age, you know? But then I'm always by about 4.30 to 5, I'm waking up again, and that's when I get my day started. Man, I've been sleeping in. I've been going to bed around midnight. I'd usually go to bed around 10, 10, 15, and then wake up around, I don't know, 5 o'clock. But now I've been uh, going to bed around midnight for some reason, just doing stuff and playing video games. I've been playing Call of Duty. Have you played Call of Duty? Uh, A long time ago. Yeah, so Call of Duty is super fun, uh, but I've been playing that a lot, and I get to playing kind of late, and so I've been waking up at like 7. Today, I woke up at 7.15 after waking up at 5 o'clock. But anyways, hey, I had something for you. Uh-huh. If you're going to be waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, literally just stop drinking two hours before you go to bed, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you're right. That does help, and I, I often uh, have one or two glasses of water late at night uh, you know, before going to bed, and I do need to quit that out or yeah. uh, stop that. Yeah. No, you're not old. You're only, what, 40? <laughs> yep. Or you're 41 now, huh? Uh, What am I? Yeah, you're right. 41. 41. 41. You are the one that's turning 40 this next year, right? Crap, you are old. Yep. My goodness. I remember being, what, 16, 17, 18 when mom and, and our stepdad turned 40. We were like, man, you guys are old. And now <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you know what's weird? When we were young, like you just said, 40 seems old, but now that I'm 40, I don't feel much different from when I did when I was 16 or 17, you know? I completely agree. I, and I, since I do Olympic lifting and CrossFit, I'm actually stronger now than I ever was. Even playing college football for Fresno State and doing all that lifting and all that sort of stuff, um, I'm definitely much stronger than I ever have been. Um, not as fast because I have been running and all that sort of stuff, but um, just in general, I try to make myself feel younger and exercising is a really huge deal as well as sleeping. Getting enough sleep is a big deal too. It is, yeah, and uh, I I get normally between seven to eight hours a night, but lately I've been waking up a little too early, just naturally, you know, uh, maybe between six and seven, but you're right about the exercise and the sleep both. They they do work wonders for you. There's too many people out there, well, everybody knows the United States is just an overweight country now, and I think it is because people are eating crappy food, they're not exercising, they're staying up too late watching Netflix, and then waking up right before they have to go to work and plowing down a couple of um what are those post toaster toaster strudels you know or pop tarts <laughs> yeah what um somebody told me um a couple of years ago that if you need to go exercise you know go to the gym exercise in order to lose weight you need to change your diet it's mm-hmm. your diet that's causing you to actually be overweight or you know just not be the way you want to be so if you change your diet That'll do tremendous work to help you, but then also the lifting of the weights gets you stronger. You feel better. You burn more muscle, or burn more energy, burn more fat, and all that sort of stuff. So all together, I I am good at the lifting. Like I can get in there and lift. You know, I do snatch and clean and jerk and things like that. And I love lifting, but man, changing my diet that's that sucks. That's so hard to do. I am totally fine with eating donuts and M and M's and cookies and all that sort of. I don't want to give those up. Yeah, I completely understand. I'm right in the same boat with you. And it's taken a while for me. I mean, I still do occasionally pick out on the sugars like I shouldn't and I know I shouldn't. But uh, for the most part, I do eat a pretty healthy meal. And and I heard this exact same thing as you, but I heard it as a as a saying once. It goes like this, uh, get lean in the kitchen, get strong in the gym. There you go. Absolutely. And that's what people don't do. Like, they're not willing to put in that work. They want to do the simple, uh, like I said, the Pop-Tarts, or they get McDonald's for lunch, or they bring home uh, just crappy, you know, way too often Chinese food for dinner, you know, takeout and that kind of thing. And people just aren't willing to take the time to to be healthy and stay healthy anymore. It's a shame. I blame the microwave. Yep. Seriously. The microwave mm-hmm. has made everybody want things so fast and instant. You know, it's just microwave it really quick and then get out and get done and um yeah my i blame the microwave well that too that that has led to uh like people being like internet uh and then cell phones like you have everything 
when you need it, right when you need it. You know, we can watch movies streaming. We don't have to wait for television shows to come on at Thursday night at 8 p.m. anymore. All this kind of stuff, all these conveniences in life have turned us, they've made us soft is what they've done. I agree. Hey, another side note. Have you bought Bitcoin yet? Um, I bought, uh, like, I have like 0.2 Bitcoin total. How long ago did you buy it? Oh, like over a year ago. Oh, okay. So you got it at the high point or? Near the high point, yeah, when everyone was talking about it. Okay, so you haven't lost a ton of money. Oh, no, hardly at all. Hardly any. Okay. Yeah, so um, recently, it was probably about three months ago, two or three months ago, I bought bought some, a a decent amount, uh, not a lot, but a decent amount, and... um, it was at like $6,500 per Bitcoin. Went mm-hmm. up to 7500 back down to 65 then up to 75 then down to 65 It's just a roller coaster. But now it's down to $3,500 uh, or 3300 per Bitcoin. And the people are saying it's going to go even lower than that. So I sold like at 45 Bitcoin, $4,500 per one Bitcoin. So I sold that. I was like, I'm not going to ride this thing down. I'm going to go ahead and sell it. Even if it jumps up, you know, I'm going to, it was more speculation for me just to have fun, just to try it. Just in case it went up, I wanted to have a little bit of money in it. And so now that it's coming down, I put my money out of it. So um, I'm just watching for it. And, you know, if it hits around 2000, I might buy some more or buy some, you know, get back into it. But man, it's it's so crazy how people and I only do it just for fun because I have extra money that I wanted to see if I could uh, speculate, which means just kind of like gamble with Mm -hmm. it. And so I put money into it just if in case it went up, I wanted to have it there. Uh, But man, there's really nothing behind Bitcoin, but it could be fantastic and great. But at the same time, there's really nothing there. Oh, man, it's just it's funny seeing the highs and lows and how in just like one day it drops like 20 percent. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's a speculative market that I don't want to put any more money into. I'm, I'm right there with you, at least right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's get to the movie Thor 2011's Thor. Um, our first appearance of seeing, um, you know, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, why can't I think of his name? Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, Hemsworth Thor, yes. you know, yep. and now, now after seeing this, I mean, you can't picture anybody else ever as Thor. I think he does a great job in this movie and in every other movie. Even Thor two wasn't all that good of a movie. He is a great Thor. He's a really good god of thunder. I completely agree. I uh, think his personality fits really, really well, um, and the way he his stature, he's freaking tall. I mean, it seems like he's what like six two. Mm-hmm. Six three, um, mm-hmm. really muscular, um, super super amazing dude. Um, I was thinking of have you are you you've seen The Simpsons many times, Simpsons, and mm-hmm. so there was um, a time where Homer Simpson is skiing and Ned Flanders goes up to him in this like speedo, not speedo, spandex type like super tight ski outfit like it's literally super tight so you see all his rippling muscles and everything and he shakes his butt at at homer simpson he says it feels like i'm wearing nothing at all and then going down a little bit later homer simpson's going down the mountain and he's skiing he's trying to stay up and he's having a hard time and he's picturing how to ski well and all of a sudden Flanders pops in his brain and it shows him shaking his butt saying, feels like I'm wearing nothing at all, (laughs) nothing at all. And Homer goes, stupid, sexy Flanders. I was like, man, Chris Hemsworth, he's like, um, oh man, what's his name? The guy from um, uh, Ryan Reynolds? uh, No, he's one. But no, uh, shoot, what's his name? I don't know. Born to never wear a shirt? What was he in? I'm trying to think of the names of the movies. So the movie I could think of, it was where um, he and his brother, like it was the, um, Ellen DeGeneres was in it. He was in it too. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yes. That guy as well was born to never wear a t-shirt. Like if he ever wears a t-shirt, it's like, why are you wearing a t-shirt? It's just stupid. And same thing with Chris Hemsworth. That dude is ripped. He's super cut. Like what's her name? Uh, Darcy said. And you know, for a crazy dude, he's super cut. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Stupid, sexy Chris yeah exactly man he looked he, he did look so good you know when you see him in this movie it makes you want to go work out and put away those donuts like you were talking about earlier i know it does yeah yeah <laughs> but you know to be that lean and that amazing um a couple things have to go anyway number one you have to obviously eat well and exercise i mean you really have to do that um now the restricting of calories to get you that low you start to uh be a little irritable because you don't yeah. have as much food in you like i'm always happy because i'm always fat and happy like i'm eating good stuff so mm-hmm. i'm always happy now when i don't eat i'm cranky and irritated but at the same time 
Chris Hemsworth, if he wasn't lifting weights, like if he was just, you know, on a farm working on a tractor or if he was working behind a desk job, he'd he'd probably look very similar to what he is and won't be as ripped and as cut and everything like that. But his his jeans are just uh, you know, spectacular. You know, like my James, I, 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 you know, like, like the in DNA that I'm written up, uh, I'm born to be a little more chubby than most. And so I know that to be the case. So I have to work hard, but somebody like him, there are other people that you just think of any buff person out there. Um, their genes really help them to like, Oh, you and I know of a, of a family. Um, my, my old roommate, Chris, like his entire family, they're all super buff, amazing studs and they, they don't eat the best. I mean, they try to, but they don't eat the best and they still look like amazing studs, like ripped and muscular and everything. It's because their genes are just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing now with all the superhero movies, I mean, I think it really started Back in the day, we had Rambo and Sylvester Stallone was super buff, you know, and Rocky and stuff. But I think it really started with X-Men when you had Hugh Jackman come in and be super buff as that superhero. From that point forward, every action star, especially superhero, needed to be amazingly fit and needed to look great on TV, you know? Absolutely agree. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, he's got these huge long legs, like really, really long legs. It makes him look even better than, than you know, a normal guy. So altogether, all, all yeah, you're right. It seems like superheroes have to be just completely ripped. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just get to Thor now. Now, did you take a look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? I didn't. Uh, critics were at 77 and the audience was at 76. They were right there neck and neck, right in line. It was pretty, pretty cool to see this time. Wow. Yeah, that that is actually pretty close. I personally gave it a little higher than that. What was your rating that you gave it? I give it a 65. Wow, that low. Yeah, that low. And I'll I'll tell you why. But what did you give it? I gave it an 83. 80. Oh, that's pretty high. Yeah. Why 83? Well, it's it's above a 70, you know, and I, it was something that I, as I went back and watched it again, I, I enjoyed it again. Um, it wasn't if I were to rake this one up there, I think Thor Ragnarok, and probably because of humor, because of the storytelling, all about it, uh, Thor Ragnarok destroys Thor number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I could watch Thor Ragnarok over and over again. And in fact, my we I watched Thor with my kids, and after that, they said, "Oh, we want to watch Thor Ragnarok instead." And so we watched it last night. Thor Ragnarok, we uh, we watched that as well, and nice. I had a great time watching that all over again. Uh, there's so many great things about Ragnarok, and so yeah, Thor Ragnarok destroys part one. But I gave it a three because as I went back and watched it, it's a good origin story, and it shows I really did appreciate, and it goes into some of my lessons learned, which I won't get into at the moment, but um, goes into my lessons learned where you know he was really arrogant and really cocky and really everything as as he should be, um, or I won't say should possibly could could perceive to be and then becomes humble and becomes you know um uh just being somebody that's not so arrogant at the very end it was really good but at the same time i take pause in saying that because if you remember avengers 3 he says that he is 1500 years old and you would think somebody who's 1500 years old would have learned those lessons a long time ago but that's you know outside the point but um all that to say, I liked it and I gave it an A3 because it was enjoyable to watch it again. And if the kids wanted to watch it again, I would not mind watching it one more time. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, Just getting to your point about 1,500 years old, should have learned those. He was also a prince of a king and a god with crazy power this whole time. So maybe he just didn't have to grow as a person. You know what I mean? Maybe everybody in the court, everybody in the land, they were just fine and they accepted him for what he was. And, and they were okay with him being a little bit uh, big-headed, you know, and obnoxious possibly as he was, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So why did you give it, would you give it a 68? Yeah, a 65. And the reason why is because... Um, two, two reasons, actually. I hadn't seen this movie probably since 2012, maybe like I probably watched it once or twice after it came out. And, um, uh, I would be fine if I didn't watch it again for another eight or 10 years. You know, it's, it, it didn't grab me like, like you were talking about, uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's not endlessly rewatchable. So it lost some points for that. And one other thing that, uh, about this movie and the first Avengers, right? It has a scene in it where the heroes are trying to save a lot of people, but it doesn't really feel impactful or real. You know, they're just a small group of people in one isolated area. If you think Avengers, the Avengers in the the first movie were trying to save all of New York. But how can they really, in the streets of New York, save any more than 200 people? You know, 
with their with their quantity of Avengers there. Same thing in this. They were trying to help the whole town full of people, but there was just Thor and his friends, and they were all in one little group that most they're going to save is 30 people. You know what I mean? So it just feels fake to me and and unimpactful. Um, and so that was the second reason uh, on top of the whole not so rewatchable for me. I think it, maybe they, Marvel and who was a Paramount that produced it or you paid money for it, they were thinking, let's make this a low, as low a budget film as we can. And let's put it in this, you know, desolate New Mexico town where nothing goes on and not put it anywhere near a, a big, because I mean, you see one street of the town the whole time. It's just one street. And so mm-hmm. it's like, well, they were trying to save some money. So you could see that that, I, it seems like that played a lot into it. Yeah, yeah. But I did like a few uh, parts of the movie, but I, I liked your glimpse into when you see Thor interacting with like Jane Foster and Darcy, you see a little bit of that humor there that really came to light in Ragnarok. And and that was kind of cool seeing those brief instances where Thor can be super humorous. Definitely. Um I, watching Ragnarok again was very funny. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, it does at times get a little too slapsticky, but at the same time, it really made the makes the makes the movie enjoyable to watch over and over again. But yeah, you definitely can't see his personality come out where he he's not always arrogant, and he really changes from the beginning of the movie to the very end. Oh, I had something for you. So if you remember last time I mentioned, you want to look for his helmet at the very beginning. Did you pay attention to the helmet? Yes, I did. What'd you think? Uh, it looked great. It had those big old wings on it. Yeah. So I wonder why in the world did it not, did he never, I mean, everywhere in the comic books, he's always wearing his helmet, but you only see him wear the helmet when he is entering in and, you know, it's just the time he's getting crowned. Yeah, I think it's because they just want to modernize it. But at the same time, they always do this with the movies. They throw in little parts from the comic books so that you get to see the old Captain America shield or his old helmet. Um, uh, Just to see it to kind of reference, hey, we know the history. We know the origin of this character. But now we're going to change things and make it for a modern audience. And and I think that's why they do that kind of stuff. But what's also funny is it's not this movie, but I see other movies where everybody like think of like a war movie or like a sci-fi war movie. Every single soldier has a helmet other than the main character. The main character is the only one without a helmet running around doing whatever. And it's like, uh, that's kind of weird. You know, it's just the movie movie. Well, so that you could see their face like in any any TV show that has a paintball scene. You'll see the heroes, not the heroes, but the main actors running around without a mask so that we could see who they are. You know, exactly. Oh, the same reason in, in movies when they go out into space or underwater, they have masks with full glass front. And it's it's their faces brightened up, you know, lightened up so that you could see them. Well, they actually have a light inside of yeah. the mask pointing at their face, you know, so you can <laughs> exactly. see them. <laughs> like, I would not have thought of that, putting a light in the cam- or the, the, the mask so it brights on my face. Nobody yep. would normally think of that. But, you know, as we do, um, you and I do online business and online things like videos and stuff for our other businesses, um, I start to think of how crazy uh, important light is. And how the lighting can really destroy whatever video you're shooting. And so you're right. Like if there's a mask or there's something else that's you know blocking the light, you really don't get as good of a, a picture and everything. So yeah. Um, so with with Thor's um, entrance into the um, uh, Asgard. Asgard, entrance inside there, you know, with everybody cheering him on and everything. So Odin didn't look like he was old enough to really not be king anymore but apparently he wanted to be what did you think about that opening up where he's going to step down as king i i kind of thought that was a little premature but what do you think maybe it was premature but i mean if if um so we know now that there was hella before thor if thor is 1500 years old you've got to assume hella herself was like 2000 years old which there had to have been a time when he was king before he had any kids. I mean, the guy's got to be five or 6,000 years old. Maybe it's time to just relinquish the throne when your son's old enough. So maybe, maybe. that's what he was doing. That's that's a really, really good point. So this brings me into, and I, we're going to get into many more, much more of the movie, but it brings me to the Monday morning quarterback. And I wanted mm-hmm. to bring that up now because we're on it. Uh, my Monday morning quarterback is Odin should have known that Thor was not ready to be king and done something to get him to become more humble. You know, he, he always, I I could assume he had something thought in the back of his mind, like, you know, Thor is not ready for this. Um, He should have 
Because that's what sparked Loki to bring in the Frost Giants and, you know, everything went down that road. If if um, Thor would have been more humble, if Thor would have, been, you know, learned a lesson and how to, like, especially the lesson that he learned in losing his hammer, learning his powers and becoming, you know, mortal, um, that would have maybe made Loki, I say possibly, I say, or maybe, maybe, um, maybe made Loki a bit more less jealous, you know, because with Thor being arrogant and everything that he is, I could see how Loki would say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and destroy whatever is happening because he's a petulant kid or child. Yeah, I can understand that. That makes total sense. And if you, if this one misstep with the Frost Giants made you realize, made Odin realize that Thor wasn't ready, there must have been a lot in the back already simmering in Odin's mind. And, and you're right. Uh, postpone it a few thousand years and and uh, maybe give your son some kind of a, I don't know, some kind of a weird, um, what's it called when you're a guy that represents our country, but you live in other countries? Ambassador? Yes, giving him an ambassadorship to other countries to see if he can grow and learn from that or something. Not countries, I mean other worlds, other realms, as they say. Exactly. Or do exactly what he did and literally take all of his powers and have him live alone. I think it it really did help um, that Thor believed that his dad was dead. That yeah. really struck him. Obviously, number one, he couldn't lift a hammer. That was de- devastating because that's his, you know, his his thing. Um and then at the same time realizing or no or being told that his dad has passed away um, and that he can't come back because of you know all this sort of stuff that that really just devastated him. He really just said, "Okay, Asgard's gone. My life I know is gone. I got to make a whole something new." And that really cha- I could see how easily not easily but it did change him for the better, being more humble. Yeah, for sure it did. And later on in the movie, um, Frigga, Odin's mom, or not Odin's mom, uh, Thor's mom says that Odin, there's always a purpose to everything that he does. And so he probably did cast him out with the intention of teaching uh, teaching Thor a lesson. I love that. That's something I'm telling my kids. I'm tell- I say, hey, honey, tell my wife, make sure you tell the kids always, your dad has a purpose in everything that he does. Yep. <laughs> yep. Instill that idea now. Exactly. Before everything they realize you're does. a big dummy like me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Well, so that takes me to my Monday morning quarterback. Mine is a very simple one. Jane Foster, she should have kept an off-site backup of all her research. I mean, that's obviously her life and everything. She should have been up in a couple clouds. She should have had a few... Um, uh, removable terabyte hard drives that she kept in safe places. You know what I mean? So that she wouldn't have to be, or that she, as she'd at least be more prepared for S.H.I.E.L.D.'s interference. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the sad thing is the government can literally do whatever they want. If they just deem you, and I could easily see something like this happening. If the government deems you a credible terror threat or a threat for some way or you know uh security national security or whatever it might be the government can literally go in your house or go in your property and literally take everything it's absolutely horrible in my opinion um it's it without even having a reason they can literally do that i so i definitely saw shield being able to do that is really rather sad yeah, it is sad, but we always have the recourse if that really did happen to sue the government. Um, not that that might solve anything or get everything back for you. And who knows, it might take five years for that to go through. But at least we have that small bit of recourse, you know. It's better than like third world countries or um, communist countries or socialist countries or, you know, a monarchies where basically you don't get that recourse. Like you don't have the right yeah. to, to sue your sue the people that are going after you, especially in socialist countries. Like they're going to say, no, we'll just kill you and take your stuff. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, or earlier you mentioned Darcy, right? And I thought she was great. Kat Dennings was really good in this role. But she did something in the role that she actually learned from a lot of those life lessons that we've pulled from other movies, right? Here's here's my first lesson that Darcy taught me. If they don't heed your warning, feel free to use your weapon. So she told Thor, stay back, stay back, because he seemed crazy. He took a step forward. Bam, she tased him. She didn't wait. She didn't wait for him to get closer. She had a weapon that could shoot at a long distance. And bam, she took care of him. I loved seeing her do that. Absolutely. And it was great when um, they're talking to S.H.I.E.L.D. And they said, well, um, she hit him with the car. Oh, yeah. Well, you tased him. And she goes, yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yep. absolutely. That's right. It on. was great. <laughs> Speaking of hitting him with the car, uh, Jane Foster hit him twice with the car. I love that. That was very, very cool. I, what's the, the rule of thirds or a three or something like that? Where Yeah, should the rule happen of three to- where you do, you repeat something three times, but the third time you do something totally unexpected. I don't think they did that in this movie they could have though 
Yeah, they could have had a car swerving towards Thor, and you know something happened to where he didn't get hit. I don't know, but they or missed she out pushes on that him into the car or something like that. Like she needs to be the catalyst for it. But yeah, that would have been fun if it hit him. But that was that was a good a good thing where she, he actually got hit twice by her yeah. with the car just backing up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just uh, really really good. So my first rule that or, or lesson that I learned was, and this goes with Odin who said, don't do anything to the Frost Giants, even though this has happened. You know, he said, Thor was saying this is an act of war when Odin says, no, it's just an act of just a few. Um, And then Thor goes off and defies the king's orders and and goes and uh, makes a mess of things. So you need to know which rules you can break, but then at the same time, don't break orders. Like if you're given an order to do or not do something, when you have a hierarchy or a um, authority structure that's above you, you don't want to break the orders. When you do orders, you become um, disobedient. And there's another word. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But um, uh, you are, you're not somebody that they can rely on anymore and something bad's going to happen. So if you can break the rules, then I, we've talked about this many times, go ahead and break rules. But when you're given orders, it needs to be a big deal. Like if it's an order to literally don't save your dad from dying, I'm going to break that order. I'm going to literally go save my dad from dying. I don't care what it's going to take. This was not an order that you should have broken. Totally. 100%. I agree with you there. He has like, I think Thor has, uh, kind of, um, uh, not inferiority complex, but he probably wants to step out of the shadow of his father. He wants to be king someday. He probably wants to be a greater king. So he probably, in his eyes, he called him an old man at one time, right? And he said something else and mean a fool. to Odin. He called him a fool. Oh, yeah, an old man and a fool, right? That's what he said. Um, You're right. And then, so he wanted to go against his orders. And that leads me into my second lesson. It's if you want someone to do something, make them think it's their idea. And Loki totally did that. He inceptioned Thor by saying the simple lines they needed. You know, if you do this, it's going to go against father's orders. And then bam, okay, Thor's going to do it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just because I'm going to go against his orders because he's an old man and a fool. I know better. I'm going to do what I think is right. I think that is a fantastic fantastic lesson. Now, I I completely, I love doing this. So I like leading people. I've led lots and lots of people, either through church or business or work or whatever. I've led led lots of people. And the best way that I've found to lead people to get get them to do what you want them to do is to get them to believe, just like you said, it is their idea. For whatever it is that you want them to do, you help them to make that to make that decision on their own. And once they have it on their own, nothing's going to stop them. Like it's not like you told them to do something, it's they've made up their mind. So you're right, that word inception, that, that movie inception was super cool to see that whole process or not process, but like that thinking of of putting inception in somebody's mind, but just leading by asking questions or um giving examples or just helping somebody see a bigger picture, that's a great way to lead people. 100% it is. And that's what Loki did to Thor. Uh, lead might not be the right word. He deceived him, but he still, he got what he wanted out of Thor. Yes. And uh, and what's funny is when Loki calls himself the god of mischief, right? Wasn't it the god of mischief? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he calls himself that. And so you would think anybody around him would literally remember that. Like he is the god, quote unquote, you know, the, the little G, um, god of mischief. And so whatever he does... He's speaking his native language of mischief or lying or stealing or whatever it might be. So I would, it'd be hard for me to trust literally anything he said, especially when he says, I am the God of mischief. Yeah, true that. But when your emotions are running high, like Thor's was, you probably can't think, uh, you're not going to be, you're not going to uh, allow yourself or you're not going to be able to see through Loki's deception. Yeah. And I love, and that's going to bleed into Ragnarok because Ragnarok's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when, Thor realizes that Loki's going to betray him again. And he puts that little um, zapper thing that, you know, shocks people. Um, he see, he puts it on his back and shocks Loki and says, oh, you know, brother, life's about growth. You know, I, I trust you. You betray me. I trust you. You betray me. It's, it's, it seems like you just never learn. And I was like, that's a brilliant line. That was hilarious. And um, for Loki to not see that coming in Ragnarok, you can see the with Thor, 
the first one that we just watched, you can see how it leads up to the very end where he, Thor finally learns, learns his lesson, doesn't trust him. But you can see because of this one and uh, the Dark World, or I think it was the Dark World, the second one, mm-hmm. um, you see the trail that Loki leaves of never trust Loki. Yeah. True. And I like to see this movie is where we first get introduced to Loki. We see him in Avengers, then we see him in Thor 2, then Ragnarok. I like to see his journey, too, because by the end, you know, when Avengers Part 3 comes out, spoiler alert, I'm sure most people have seen it, before he dies, he is apparently, well, and towards the end of Thor Ragnarok, he's totally on Thor's side, and now they're they're full-on brothers, they're a team, and they're going to pursue this together, you know? So I like to see Thor uh, Loki's whole arc. I... I agree. I agree. And what's interesting is now from being the bad guy in this one, then being a bad guy again in Avengers, and then being somewhat of a bad good guy in the Thor Ragnarok, um, it'll be, you know, now that he's dead, some people are saying that he's not dead, you know, from Avengers 3, Infinity War. Um, I don't see how he's not, but if he isn't, you know, if he comes back um, or however, it'd be interesting to see it with whatever they else they play. But I think the guy who plays Loki does a fantastic job. Um, what's it? What's his, what's his name? Um, Matt Damon. Oh, Matt, Matt Damon. That's right. <laughs> Matt, huh? That was yeah. in, sorry, that was in uh, part three in Ragnarok when he's doing mm-hmm. the, uh, the play, you yep. know? Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, I, I really like Loki's character. He's, he's definitely a, a good antagonist throughout all the different movies. Um, now speaking of, I'm going to jump really quickly cause I got to get to my other lessons, but the new, Avengers 4 poster came out. Apparently the title is Endgame. What do you think about that title and what do you think about Avengers 4? Uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing it. I haven't seen a poster for it. I know that the title is Endgame um, and I think it makes sense. I mean, Doctor Strange said it's the Endgame now and the Russo brothers in an interview said, you know, we used uh, the, the the title of the next movie is going to be something from that was mentioned in the prior movie. So Endgame makes total sense. And I think what it's going to do, it's it's going to complete this whole Avengers versus Thanos arc that all like all 10 years have been about so far. And it's going to lead us into a brand new series of what if it's going to be end up going to secret wars or maybe fighting a giant Galactus at the end. Whatever the next 10 years is going to be, this movie is going to end one chapter and start the next. Yeah. I don't know if I personally like the name Endgame, but at the same time, I like that it's leading into exactly what you're saying because um, Kevin Feige, or it was either Kevin Feige or one of the other people were saying that there's going to be two different distinct sections of the storytelling that MCU takes. One is from Iron Man, the very first movie, to um, where you have the last Avengers 4. That's the first 10 years. The second 10 years after that is going to be a whole different, like basically everything. And we, we already know that Chris Hemsworth is not signed on for, um, well, he, he doesn't have any more movies coming out. Also, Chris Evans doesn't have any more movies coming out. Um, you know, they're done with the MCU. And I think there are a couple other actors like Mark Ruffalo. Um, that guy's just adorable. Um, so all <laughs> they're, they're all, they're stepping away. So there's whole new movies that are coming out. Yep. I'm looking forward to it just you know, to see what they have in the pipeline. They're talking about doing a Black Widow movie, and I don't know if I really care to see that. What do you think? Well, anything that they mention, right? So if they say, we're going to have a Black Widow movie, eh, I don't care. We're going to have a Hawkeye movie, eh, I don't care. They're going to have a new Chinese superhero movie, eh, I don't care. But the same thing, I didn't care about Thor ahead of time. I didn't care about um, even Iron Man. I mean, ahead of time, you know, I can't see the future. I don't know what it's going to be. As long as it's a good story, like I didn't care about Black Panther either. But as long as it's a good story, I'm down. I didn't care about Captain America. First one comes out, good story, I'm down with it now. So <laughs> no matter who it is, Black Widow, Hawkeye, whatever future movie, if it's good, I'm down with it. Right now, right. I don't I care. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, But I mean, we, even if you told me it's going to be a Fantastic Four movie, eh, I don't really care. Just as long as it's good, I don't care the characters. I know Kevin Feige will do a good job. I'm down with whoever he chooses for his next movie. I would agree. I would just wish they had James Gunn back from um, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. But That's the news was, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but he might be doing, or at least writing, um, the next uh, Suicide Squad movie. Uh, that's going to be great. I mean, if he's involved, I'm definitely going to watch. I wasn't going to watch DC movies anymore because they just suck. But uh, <laughs> th- I'm thinking that if James Gunn's a part of it, 
I'm I'm definitely going to have to watch it. But yeah, at the same time, sure. you know, DC it's a big it's a big money. Uh, or how would I say it? They spent a lot. They spend a lot of money on these movies. So Aquaman, I'm probably going to have to watch it just because for the special effects and all that sort of stuff. But here here's when you brought up Black Panther. Um, did is the storyline for Black Panther? Does that remind you of any other movie? Oh, n- not necessarily, but I know it's a storyline that's repeated quite a bit. You know, a king or a prince needing to become king and learning his rightful prey or earning his rightful place, you know? Let me give you a, n- a little more specific. Is there any other... Car- Coming to America? <laughs> no, no. That- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I don't use no chemicals, only juices yeah. and <laughs> Love the Eddie Murphy in that movie. Oh, and... um. Arsena Hall was fantastic. Yeah. So, no. Think of a cartoon. Lion King? There you go. Yeah. It's the ex- literally the exact storyline of Lion King. Uh, pretty close. I mean, literally every bit of the way. And even where the, the new new king has to fight somebody off for the title where it, it it's... It, if you look at some... I saw some meme or something where somebody literally had like scene by scene all throughout the movie and it's the exact same story. So I didn't realize that at the, you know, when I watched it, it didn't really strike me, but I saw that. I was like, Oh my goodness. It sure is exactly. It's lion King in a Panther. It's lion Panther or yep. it's black lion. <laughs> Panther King. <laughs> Panther King. <laughs> yep. Totally. It is. Yeah. Quite a bit like it. All right. So let me go into my second lesson. Uh, it's a lesson that is in Thor number one. And it's repeated in Thor number three, Ragnarok. A wise king never seeks war, but must always be ready for it. Yeah. And I think that is for anybody. Like, I'm the king of my household. You are of yours. And so no matter anywhere I go, I need to protect the people that are around me that depend on me for protection, for safety, for, you know, um, even just food, you know, and shelter and, and all that sort of stuff. And so I need to be able to protect them. I don't want to seek out, like if there's somebody stupid down the street that I, I've had a case where I had um, uh, somebody really, really stupid um, down the street from me, but I could have acted, you know, uh, emotionally or irritatingly, like come across as, you know, hey, let, let, not really as fight. I wouldn't actually do that. I hopefully wouldn't come down. But I could have acted at this person's level, but I did. I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep the peace. I'm just going to be the right person that I normally am. And if it ever came down to where there was a fire, there was a war, I'm absolutely ready. But um, so uh, not speaking of my, you know, anybody down the street or, you know, anywhere, but anywhere I go um, to the store, the gas station, uh, wherever I'm carrying my my uh, pistol, my carry pistol, because I want to be able to protect myself. So a wise king never seeks out war and is humble and must always be ready for it and be prepared to take it on when it comes. Yeah, totally. I love that lesson. I love how it was repeated in uh, Ragnarok. Like you said, Thor started to say the line and then Hela completed it. Well, you know, something their dad used to say. So that was a pretty cool one there, right? There. I like that uh, lesson. Hey, did you realize in Thor Ragnarok, I didn't realize it until my daughter pointed it out. Um, the only time you get a glimpse of this is when Hela throws up this her you know swords into the ceiling that has the mural well the mural as it breaks down the one of the one of the scenes you see is where you have odin you know charging killing people but you have hella right next to him and hella is holding thor's hammer did you yeah. see that mm-hmm. i saw it yep yeah super super cool and we know thor's hammer to be just this most amazing weapon ever almost and then get the thor ragnarok where she shatters it i'm like wow that is just super super crazy yeah, it's, I would imagine that she was the first one to hold it, so she knows everything about it, and with her great power, she's able to stop it flying in midair towards her and then blow it up. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking that the um, Thor's power is, are they going to get stronger and stronger? Like, does he get stronger and stronger as he gets older or or what? Because, you know, it, I'm we're obviously bleeding a lot into Thor Ragnarok, but... You know, his powers are strong. Like, he defeats that, what's it called? Um, uh, destroyer? Destroyer. He destroys that pretty easily. As soon as he has his power, you know, he's able to destroy that. But, um, you know, when it comes to, like, Hela or anybody else that's, like, stronger than him, he doesn't have as much strength. Um, what do you think? Do you think he progressively gets stronger, supposedly gets stronger through the movies? 
Well, yeah, I think just like humans do, you know, at your age right now, 40, between 35 to 40 is when most humans are at their physical strength peak. You know what I mean? And then so like, just like us. So I I don't know what, what Asgardians lifespans are, you know, you could just imagine at 1500 years, maybe, maybe their peak strength is between 1500 and 2000 years. And maybe he lives to be 8,000 years total. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But Very yeah, I, cool. I would imagine just like you, he's getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I liked his friends, the fun aspect of his friends being a part of the movie in Thor and going and, and visiting him and knocking on the glass and waving, hey, we found you. Yeah. you know, really, really fun. I really liked the interchange. So the storyline for Thor was good if they had, for some reason, there's something like right in the middle. And it's probably because they wanted to tell how dark um, Thor got, but it got to the point where, man, in the middle, it just feels like it's really dragging. It's weighing on it's you. It's kind of a slog in the middle. I agree. It is. And it it could be necessary to help you to see that change in Thor, but it does really just like it goes to a scratching halt and yeah. then it picks back up. So that's just the storytelling. It could be better or worse. I don't know, but that just, I just realized that or, you know, recognize that. Mm-hmm. I got you. I agree with you. I like the, the Warriors 3 and Sif as well. I really liked it when the one guy, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent said, we got Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood coming into town. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line right there. I love that. That was a really good. Oh, and in this, this is the first time we see Hawkeye. Yeah, I know. I was, I totally had forgotten that. I was so surprised when I saw him come on screen. Yep. Yep. Super cool. But you only see him for, you know, uh, about two minutes. Yeah. And then, then he's gone. But yeah, seeing Hawkeye come in, really, really cool. Yeah, it was. And did you notice um uh you watched recently uh at my recommendation on Netflix the Punisher Warzone movie, right? Yep. The guy who plays Volstag, the bigger of the Warriors 3 was the Punisher in that one. Ray Winston uh, Ray Winston, I can't remember his name exactly, but that's him. Really? Mhm. He's lo- I didn't recognize him. He lost a lot of weight or he looks really fit. Well, yeah, I think what it is, yeah, it, that's what, but I mean, as Volstag, he has big, long reddish hair with a red beard and yep. a big gut. Yeah, you can't really tell it's him, but that's him. Wow, very cool. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am bummed out. Uh, you know, maybe eventually we'll talk about uh, a full-on Thor Ragnarok here, but I am bummed how the Warriors 3 had such quick deaths, except for Hogan when he was down in the town square and he goes, huh? he goes, whoever you are, whatever you're here for, whatever you've done, leave. <laughs> are you kidding? I just told you. <laughs> Did you not listen to a word yeah. I just said? <laughs> oh, that was funny. So he had a good part, but the other ones, Volstag and Fandral, I was kind of bummed how they died in, in Ragnarok. That was really, really sad. You would mm-hmm. think I, I would have done something instead of having him, um, uh, basically those two guys, die right away um and i i just thought that was rather sad when did um when did the girl die what's her name she's she never died she she yeah. appeared in this one i can't remember if she appeared in the second movie i, I think she was in the second again. one yeah she was i think so okay so if she was in that later on she appeared in one episode of agents of shield and since then we haven't seen her so i'm just kind of assuming she's off traveling the universe visiting other realms doing stuff got it um, but yeah, the other two of the Warriors three, they should have had a much big, like when Hela went into, it shouldn't have been them dying just by her throwing the swords at their stomachs. Um, I thought that was rather sad. It should have been a much longer fight scene between all three of them and the army. I thought that would, that would have been much, much better because it seems like those guys are just crappy other than, um, you know, the, the, the Asian dude, he, he was cool, but everybody else is like, man, you guys suck. Yeah. It was a bummer the way that one uh, played out there. But uh, let's get to my my third lesson right here. Um, It's related to Thor, what we discussed earlier. Here's the lesson. It's never too late to do the right thing. And like you were talking about, everything seemed hopeless for Thor. He was cast out of Asgard by Odin. But he ends up doing the right thing and becomes a better person. He tries to save the townspeople. And then he goes and tries to sacrifice himself, um, you know, at the at the hands of the destroyer to save everybody else. And and that made him worthy. worthy. And I, I just love how, uh, you know, he turned things around and he became Thor once again. 
I agree. It's you're, That's a great lesson. It's never too late to do the right thing. And you're absolutely right. It's never too late to tell the truth. It's never too late to stop stealing or give back what you stole. It's never too late to do, to do the right thing. It might feel like it's hard to do or you can't do it, but it's absolutely never the wrong time to do. I mean, obviously, the later, longer it takes, it's going to make it worse. But you do it sooner rather than later is going to be, you're, you're right. I think it's a great lesson. Good, good. What's your third lesson? My third lesson goes along with the arc of Thor changing to be a more humble person. And so at the very beginning, you see Thor being arrogant and prideful and, um, you know, just just absolutely um, belligerent in his power. And so it comes from the Bible. So I read the Bible every single day. Um, I read the Bible to my, to my kids. I read the Bible for myself. And the Bible reminded me of the lesson or the lesson reminded me of the Bible verse. It says Proverbs 16, 18. It's the verse. So the book of Proverbs Chapter 16, verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so when you have a uh, prideful person or a haughty person, somebody is so arrogant, so you know self-centered and all that sort of stuff, it's eventually going to catch up to you. It just absolutely will. But somebody who is humble, somebody who looks after the best of interest of other people and takes care of other people, you don't really have any destruction like that. I mean, things happen, but when you're arrogant and prideful, that's when you get taken down a peg or two because somebody stronger than you is going to beat you up or somebody better than you at whatever sport you're playing is going to you know take you down or whatever it might be. But yeah, someone's going to inception you into doing the wrong thing. Exactly. So pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Nice. I love that lesson. That's really good right there. Um, oh, hey, did you see Stan Lee's cameo? Did you catch it? <laughs> I did. Yep. Absolutely. Did, did I get it? <laughs> or did it work? Or whatever he said? Yeah, did it work? That's what he said. The old man in the truck. I'm going to miss Stan Lee. Hopefully do some sort of like CG or whatever to get him to see if he could be in the rest of the you know movies. But he was always fun to spot inside the movies. Yeah, I got you. I, well, I don't know about a, a whole CG. I'm not big on the whole uh just totally cg actor who's died in the past i i would be happy though if they fit in like a little hidden i don't know stanley's glasses somewhere or a bust of stanley or his picture on a wall you know what i mean looking for that kind of stuff might be fun yeah that would be really really cool so what is your favorite scene or action scene or favorite part in this entire movie in this movie, I really liked uh, the nighttime raining scene where Thor tried to get his hammer. He busted in. He beat up all those guys. Just like Agent Coulson said, you know, you tore through my men like they were nothing or whatever. Uh, even without his powers, he's obviously a clearly good fighter, really skilled. He's been in hundreds of battles, killed thousands of guys, like he said in a prior movie and stuff. Um but, you know, he fails over it, so it's kind of like anticlimactic in a way. But I really like how you also get to see Hawkeye, and you get a little bit more Coulson, too, and I've always liked Coulson. Yeah, Coulson's a, a really, really fun person to watch. I would say, for, so my number one scene that I enjoy watching the most, I think comes down to the the very first scene where they go into the see the Frost Giants, and they go and battle the Frost Giants. I thought that was really rather fun seeing all the Warriors three and and uh, Lady Sith uh, fighting with Thor and you see that big um, I don't know dog huge monster thing yeah. going underneath and you think okay he's gone and then but climbing you know running on the, the underneath I thought that was super awesome so I really like that and then you see Thor come in and and take them all out and yeah I, I like that scene the most I think out of all of them cool I like that one as well you're right that's right right up there my top scenes. Cool. Awesome. Well, anything else before we move on? Uh, what is your prop that you would like oh. to have? Normally, I like to choose something that would be offbeat that people might not choose. But this time, it's got to be Mjolnir. Seeing it for the first time in a movie. Love that hammer. That would be it. You have to. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you might think, oh, let me grab Thor's helmet. Thor's helmet was pretty cool. I would mm -hmm. I'd definitely think that. Um, there was a, a ton of other things. Like maybe... Um, What's his girlfriend's name? Uh, Jan Jane? Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Grab her notebook, you know, have her yeah. notebook be a part of it. Or Darcy's iPod, you know, something like that. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you have to have Thor's hammer. That's that's by far and away the most iconic thing in all the um ten or you know, ten years of movies for MCU. If you saw Thor's hammer, you'd be like, Oh yes, absolutely, I know what that is. That and Captain Shield for me. Those yes. are the two probably. Hundred percent. Yep. Or Thor's, uh, or or the Hulk's purple pants. 
Dude. <laughs> Does he ever wear purple pants inside these movies? I don't see him, remember him wearing purple pants. I don't think he ever wore the purple. In the first Hulk movie, his girlfriend, Betty Ross, um, she went to the store. He asked for the stretchiest pants available. She pulls out of the bag these ugly purple pants. And he goes, no, I can't wear those. So once again, they bring in something from the comic books, but they don't have the character wear it. Yeah, <laughs> that's <Yep>. funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool beans. Anything else before we move on? That's all I got. Okay, sweet. So this movie was my choice. So next week, Dusty, what are we watching? Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. I'm looking forward to that, man. Everybody is saying it's really good. I purposely haven't watched any trailers, but the hubbub on the on the interwebs is it's a killer movie. You've got to see it. Sweet. So I'm going to be in town. I'm coming. To, this is Christmas season, so I'm going to be coming down in town for a few weeks. I'll probably come watch it with you. Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. And then we could do the recording together. Like, it's always fun when we record together. It's, it's We have a, little, a better interchange and um, we definitely laugh a lot more. 100%. 100%. And then when you get here, um, I'll break out the Glenlivet 18. Have you ever had Glenlivet? I, uh, maybe one time. Okay. It's a really good scotch whiskey. This is the 18-year-old. And so uh, I have not tried this one yet. I'm looking forward to when you come into town. Awesome. So it's 18 years old? Dang. Yep. yep. Glenlivet 18. Wow, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it was a nice gift from Denise. Yeah, so if you, I mean, if you just wait another two years, it'll be 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, too bad it doesn't work that way, huh? No, it, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's how long the it barrel. ages inside the barrel, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I was at, in, um, I think we were in Germany or Austria. I can't remember the two, but in March, we took a trip all through Europe, went through 11 different countries. It was amazing. But we went to a, um, a not a bottling, but like a an actual brewery for, it's, it's probably not a brewery, um, but a whiskey facility or uh, no, what's it called? A uh, distillery. That's okay, what it's yeah. called. Uh-huh. Yeah. We went to a, a distillery in, um, I want to say Scotland? it was in Germany. No, it was oh, literally okay. in Germany. We went to that that distillery. Super fun, and we learned so much. I got to try try well, you know whatever they had like different aged things, and you can totally see the difference. And the reason why it gets more expensive the older it is. So your eighteen year old um, whiskey, it's whiskey you got right. Yeah. Okay. So if you think they fill an entire entire um, barrel full of whatever liquid it is, whiskey, bourbon, or whatever, the barrel can only hold so much, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as they, they seal it up, as they put it together, and they they make it age, and what happens is the wood, it actually helps change the flavor. That's what the aging happens. But the reason why it costs so much is because just through evaporation, what was a full barrel over time becomes like a half a barrel, depending on how long it sits. And so there's just less of it. It's more, it's stronger and all that sort of stuff. So they need, it, it, it's just because there's less quantity of it. So it costs more, but also tastes better and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, yeah. it was super fun to go to a distillery. So if, if you ever get to go to a distillery and see how they do it, like a, a really solid one, not like some, you know, knockoff or, you know, random brand, like um, I can't think of one, but if you like go to a Glen Levick facility or a distillery, go definitely do that. It was fun to see all that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Denise and I have been to quite a few different breweries, but a distillery is a different story. So yeah, and wine, like we've been to uh, quite a few different wine places as well. Those are always fun trips. Lots of drinking, but good times. Yeah, good times. Yep, yep. Cool beans. So now that you all know how we feel about Thor, we would love to hear your thoughts and not just your thoughts on the movie, but also any life lessons you took away from it. So please visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 27. Go there, leave a comment, check out our life lessons, watch the official trailer, and there's a link to our Facebook page. So thanks again for listening, and we will return next week with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse.